Hey, my name is Christy Lee. Welcome back to the Praise and Worship Podcast, episode number 10. Now in the double digits. This is exciting. I've got such a good one on the way for you today. Really excited about this conversation with Matt Marr. His latest project, Alive and Breathing, was released in four bundles, installments, volumes, which I always thought was a great idea. After all, lately, we are getting used to artists releasing several singles before their full album drops. This story is a little different, and the end result, when it all comes together, is beautiful musically and visually. I think the story really is going to speak to you. Matt also got some great advice from a friend in a tough season that made all the difference in that title track, Alive and Breathing. This episode, you'll notice, has a theme of going forward, going through seasons when it's difficult to see what God is doing. Matt talks about what he feels God's saying as hearts are being unveiled right now. He also shares how he and his wife are helping the kids to process quarantine. And, you know, usually I save bonus content for the end, but in this episode, you won't have to wait that long. Matt broke out his phone to play a voice memo of his daughter Rowan singing. She's been featured before on his social media, and she's got some brilliant lyrics. So keep your ears peeled for that coming up soon. Here we go. Today, I'm talking with Matt Marr. And Matt, before we get started, I would love if you could just let us know what color your hair is today. It is just white uh, or gray white. I haven't dyed it yet. Did you see the thing that Corey Asbury put up? Oh, oh yes, I did. I, 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 I was writing with him the day before, and he's like, bro, you need to dye your hair during this time. And I was like, yeah. And, but I have. I have dyed my hair uh, for my daughter. Really? Yeah, I was Hades, and she was Mal from the D- Disney's The Descendants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But how ironic during a time like this when celebrities are showing their natural hair color that yep. Corey would yeah, want you to go green or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like the one time I'm going to find solidarity with people like, oh, wow, there's a lot more gray hairs than we thought. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad to know you're being true to yourself, unless yes. it's for your family. Speaking of, how's your family doing during quarantine? We're doing, you know, we're, we're doing good. My, my wife is... Uh, is amazing she is a real real trooper um i definitely wouldn't be able to to continue to do stuff like this if it wasn't for her um so the kids are managing great you know kids are kids are really resilient and i think that um for the most part we've uh my wife's done an amazing job of like mandating a schedule and sort of keeping a sense of order, which I think is really, really helpful for them because that's it. That's partially what helps create a sense of stability. Right. And um, you know, so so they're doing good. It's weird because, like, I mean, that's I don't. One of the things we'll talk about after this whole thing was overnight, our entire educational system changed. Yeah. And um, I mean, a lot of things changed, but that in particular. And so my kids are used to sitting on the couch watching a screen as entertainment, not as school. So, and then it's funny because you don't, all of a sudden you're like, we don't have enough screens. So like we busted out, like my wife's like, you know, like compact. Like, no. Yeah. Like, like 486, like laptop or something. At least that wasn't that bad, but it's like, it's probably like a 15 year old laptop. And so now you're like, you're trying to run 
you know, I have to like try to run an antivirus thing on it. And it's like, you know, calculating estimated time, you know, 4,000 years. And it was just like, oh. Right. Yeah. A 15 year old, you know, laptop in, in laptop years. Yeah. In uh, laptop years. Yeah. It's like worse than dog years. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, I would say that the thing that I feel like as a, as a parent, um, the thing I never anticipated that was how much of my life would be spent in IT. And all of a sudden now that's what I am. I'm like IT support for my kids' education. Yeah. So, but they're doing good. You know, we're, uh, they're, they each have their kind of interests and hobbies. I got my four-year-old a punching bag, so we're going to get that hooked up because he's he loves, he just loves wrestling and you fighting. You literally got him a punching bag. Yeah, because he kept, he, he kept wanting to, fight not not he's not being like he's not trying to start a fight he just loves wrestling so i i've been turning my garage into like a gym and so i got a little punchy bat i'm like i'm going to give him a pair of gloves and be like okay if you get mad now instead of clawing your sister you're going to say i need to go punch the bag yeah that's matt that's brilliant i have a five-year-old son and he doesn't really talk about this i mean we've had some you know, some discussions and, and some tears, but I do see a lot of ways that, you know, behaviorally, I think, I think that's related to this whole weird, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. so a punching bag for a little, I mean, little girls might want one too, but that's a really healthy idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I think, you know, there's been a lot of moments where it's, you know, uh, my oldest, he, I taught him how to ride a bike a year ago he was he was it was a bit late for him but it, he was seven at the time so now he's 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 eight and a half and he's it's like a bmx bike so now he you know he goes riding a couple of times a week and he's like riding around our neighborhood and one day it was like it was kind of like late afternoon and it's been cooler in tennessee it hasn't really heat, heated up yet and i just looked at my wife my wife said this she goes you know this is the closest our kids will have to an 80s childhood where it's like go to school and then go outside. Yeah. Play until dinner. Yeah. That's it. Speaking of other healthy ways that your kids are processing, the videos with your daughter Rowan singing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're the best. She's amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, she, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think this thing when you're a parent, every kid's different and you, you, you have them in the same environment, you know, you put them in the same things. And, um, but yeah, she, she right now is obsessed with the musical Matilda obsessed. Like she will, it started, I think before quarantine, we had like, we have like a Sono speaker and then she would have, or we had this like portable Bluetooth speaker and she would put it on the front porch and then she got our karaoke machine and she would go outside and she would just sing along to the musical while it's blaring for the entire neighborhood. <laughs> like, hey guys, it's time for my afternoon performance. Yeah. Well, you put a stage on the front of your house. So yeah, yeah. I put yeah, that's it. She's yeah, I see a porch, she sees the stage. Right. <laughs> so yes, yeah, she's doing that. And then um, yeah, and then a couple of days ago, even I went out there with a guitar because I was trying to teach her how to sing uh uh, come thou fount of every blessing yeah. and she's like I don't want to learn that I want to sing my own songs 
so I'm like, she already, I'm like, great. She's like a pure artist. She's like, I, I don't so, do covers, dad. Kids don't get into hymns until like double digits at least. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so sweet. She's great at freestyling though. I mean, her that, that is her, that is definitely one of her specialties. Yeah. <laughs> and the stuff that comes out, we have, we have no idea where oh. it comes from. I, there's, there's actually one song I, I it legitimately, I think it actually is potentially a really good song. We, she was freestyling this song one day. I was playing the piano and I realized she was singing about being born and coming home. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. Uh, I'm going to play, play a little bit of it. Hold on. Let me, I just got to get the voice memo. Uh, it, it really like, yeah, here we go. So here we go. So like, I realized what she was doing was at first I thought she was talking about God. And then the second verse, she's like, when they named me Rowan. And I was like, oh, wait, that's weird. That's so the whole, the first, whole first verse is about her being in the womb. When I was alone by myself in the darkness, I thought I was alone by myself in the dark, which that alone yeah. is, a, is a really brilliant lyric. <laughs> it so, really is. I'm going to be a dadager probably is what's going to happen. I'm done with music. Well, she's brilliant because those lyrics that can go both ways. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Wow. Well, writing kind of goes in the family. So I'm not surprised that you have a kid that is doing this. And, you know, having your new project, the latest Alive and Breathing, you've been co-writing for, you know, longer than Rowan's been around. Um, <laughs> But I love the way that you put this out with all of the, the little chunks, piece by piece, leading up to the big release. But the thing that really strikes me in this season is the artwork. Have you seen those things are all over Instagram where it's like a circle, this is your life, and then a little dot, this is this moment. Oh, wow. So I love those, but the problem with those is that they're one color. And the artwork on your album you know, we got to see little glimpses of it and then they made this, this picture. And I feel like that's what this moment is. It's not just a dot. It's part of the picture that's going to make it dramatic when we get to zoom out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I love the artwork. Thank you. And honestly, like that, that, that artwork, the story of that artwork is kind of indicative of the story of the whole project in the sense that um, I typically... Uh, just kind of to peel back the veil a little bit for 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 people. Typically, when someone makes a record, an artist, they go and write. And you can write 40 songs, you could write 200 songs, you could write, you know, 11 songs, whatever. But you typically will have a chunk of songs, and then you go into a studio and you start working on them. And even back in the heyday of the music industry, when you had the budget and the time, and you could book a studio for a month and you know, kind of go in for two hours and work on something and it'd be like, let's go play mini golf or whatever. 
um, you, you kind of had this creative time where everything else shut down. You weren't touring. You weren't really making any appearances. Like this is just what you were doing. And I think the thing that's interesting is that um, I built a studio behind my house. Well, there was a, there was a building here and I kind of turned it into a writing studio, but I was also renovating my existing actual house. And so we were living in a rental and I had no idea how much that would destroy my creative process. Yeah. And it, it really did. So the fact that new songs got written, I think really is a testimony to the grace of God. Number one. Um, but this project, the reason, part of the reason, if I'm totally transparent of why it came out in bundles is because it was made in bundles. Um, and so I didn't have all the songs when we had decided to start the project. I'd had the idea of wanting to make another kind of hybrid live studio record, kind of like all the people said, amen, with some of the songs that I'd co-written over the past couple of years that I would play live, but I was like, I'd love to have a recording of those along the way. Originally we talked about doing a big event like in Franklin or in Nashville and trying to get all these other artists to come out and film the whole thing. And it'd be like this really great kind of night. And that's just impossible now because of people's schedules. There's like, it, it, you know, it would be so hard to get all those people to come together. So then um, the artwork wasn't made until November. And um, at the time, what happened was when they came up with these bundle ideas, which I think was in July, we'd had two new songs written and seven live tracks recorded. So I needed to write two more new songs. And um, then they said, okay, we're going to release these things in bundles, which is like, that's the worst thing you could do to a creative process is put a deadline on it. Right. So Lord of My Life uh, was written in the month of July, I think. And then the last song, Joyful Noise, honestly, it wasn't written until like um, December. But the artwork, by, that, by this point, like right before the first bundle came out, they're like, we're going to put these out in volumes. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, and so I was talking with the art director and I was like, well, what if it was like... Um, like stained glass. Um, and he goes, Oh, that's a cool idea. And I said, well, yeah. And so originally we talked about it being like four elements and then it was four different, um, iterations of the Holy spirit. And then towards the, after the second bundle was out, I went to him, I think it was like October and I was like, Hey, end of October. And I said, Hey, what if, what if these are part of a picture that we haven't seen? And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what if these elements, I was like, because this one, you kind of made them look like water, um, fire, wind. And I think it was clouds originally, but then it was like, I was like, what if, the, what if this is not, because I was literally, I felt like I was trying to figure out what's this project about. And, um, and so then I, so we said, okay, what if this is like a biblical image? And so the two that we talked about were the prodigal son or uh, the image of Moses leading the Israelites through the Red Sea. And um, so that image came in my email inbox and I, I'll never forget, like I was driving down, there's a parkway called Ellington Parkway in Nashville. And I, I, I like, I almost, I almost got in a wreck. <laughs> 
I started crying. It, it, it was like such a, like a catharsis. Um, and the, and the fact that he chose the image of the Israelites being led through the Red Sea, it, it really hit me in a very, very deep way in the sense that like, it felt like that's what the year, the whole year had been, you know? And so it all, the whole record made sense. Yeah. And, and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whoo, I'm not crazy. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I love album artwork too. And so I just think it's always like to have something that isn't just like a picture of my face on it. Your face is fine. It's but- fine, but it's not, it's just not, that's not, uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up in Canada and I, I had like four cousins who lived next door to me and the youngest were fraternal twins and they were six years older than me. So it was like six, eight, nine years older than me. So they all, so they had vinyl and, and eight tracks and just as a kid going over and like like taking out like journey records and foreigner and and the police and but like opening it up and like looking like what are all these pictures and like what is you know there was something about like the mythos of all that that um that made the music feel i feel like larger than life in a way so yeah man that is beautiful though that you end up with the picture and the story that you did. And, and honestly, that's kind of the way life works <laughs> anyway. You know, oh. you, you have a plan and then it's not what you thought, but then you see it at the end and it's like, it's stunning. There's this, I literally just read this. Um, it's like a Jewish, uh, like rabbinic story about two old um, men who are part of the caravan that get led uh, through the sea. Yeah. And they never look up. And so literally there's these two old guys who are complaining about the the distance that they're traveling. And all of a sudden they spend like 40 minutes complaining about the, the ground. And why is the ground so wet? Why is, where is he leading us? What is this? It's muddy. What is this? This smells terrible. Where, where are we? And then I'll, and so what it was, was they were literally walking through the Red Sea, but they never bothered to look up. They were just looking down on the ground, complaining about the dirt the whole time. <laughs> All of us. That's what we're doing. It's literally, yeah, that's kind of what's happening right now. Yeah, my dirt is Lysol wipes. I can't find any. <laughs> can't find any toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> you got to eat frozen pizza again. <laughs> that is such a great tie-in. So I am looking forward to seeing the, the artwork of our lives after all of this. Me too. Um, man. Me too, absolutely. But alive and breathing is a pretty good theme through all of it. Like to, to be alive and breathing right now yeah. is super fortunate. <laughs> it is. It's a gift. I think that's the thing, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's still, it's taking me a while to actually even talk about this project and that song in particular, because it just sort of came out. It wasn't this, um, a lot of Christian music or a lot of worship music gets written about a very specific thing. It's like, I want to say something about this, or I want to say something about the mercy of God, or I want to say, and alive and breathing, there were no parameters. I mean, uh, Ellie and I talked about people who feel like they, um, it was a real abstract conversation, but like talking about people who feel like they give up on the dreams they had when they were kids. And and it it literally was this thing of like, trying to write something that just felt kind of kind of compelling and so there are 
um, there are these different sort of like levels of when, um, you know, uh, of art and art as like pure sentiment is one thing. And it's really about the, like the posture of the artist, like when they're making the, the thing, it's like, you know, when you're dipping into sentimentality to make your point versus when you're just literally going like, I'm, I really am. I'm trying to use words and music and melodies and I'm just trying to, to say something trying to get, there's something inside of me that I'm trying to get out, but I'm not resorting to all the stuff that I've done before. And this, and this song for me is, was, was definitely more of an exercise in that. So it's been difficult to talk about because it's sort of like, cause people are like, why'd you write it? And like, I have all the stories about, about how it got written, but I'm still asking the question, why did I write it? You know, um, other than last year, making this record was really hard. There were a lot of times where I felt like I was in a hole and a really smart friend of mine from Scotland said, you're going to have to sing your way out. Hmm. That's great advice. Yeah. So I think that's what that song is. It's me, it's me singing. It's, it's kind of, in some ways it's me singing, singing my way out. And I think in the midst of a season where it's difficult to see what God is doing, declaring and sort of saying, these are things that I know. Um, and, and being okay with the fact that there's uncertainty. Um, but also resting in, I think, in the certainty of God. That's exactly how you sing your way out. I think some people make it look really easy or sound really easy, but it's not when you're choosing to sing your way out. Oh, it's, it's really hard. Really hard. Yeah, so because... What you know and what's true, I think is that's the key. No matter how you feel or what you think is next, that's, that's the key. And that really was where the, the title of and that phrase came from. We'd had this chunk of the chorus where it was like, joy still comes in the morning, hope still walks with the hurting. There was a line that was missing. And then it was like, praise the Lord. And then it was like, don't stop dancing and dreaming. There's still good news worth believing. So lift your head, keep singing, praise the Lord. We didn't have the line. And, and then it sort of kind of appeared. It was like, if you're still alive and breathing. And it was definitely, it, it, it was... I felt like in some ways like a loving slap in the face from God of going like, don't overcomplicate this. Your life is a gift. Like the, the time that you have on this earth, what you get to do with it, it's, it's one of the biggest gifts you've been given. Um, and I feel like that's something that everyone right now especially can relate to. I, you know, I mean, everyone has stories and perceptions or, their thoughts on what they feel like this time is being what, what this time is for. Like what, like, you know, it's sort of like, why is this quarantine happening? There's the obvious answers, but sort of like, then there's the more existential ones of like, well, yeah, but why now? Like, why did the conditions all line up for this specific moment in, in, in human history? And I, and like, I look at it and I go, man, because I think, you know, the, the word apocalypse freaks people out. It just means unveiling first and foremost. So there is a veil that's being lifted right now across the world. And it's, it's less about like Bill Gates and what shadow organization he may or may not be part of. It's less about putting on your tinfoil hat. 
And it's more about the veil of your heart being lifted and you being confronted with the reality of like, why have you been living the way you're living? Why have you been thinking the way you're thinking? What are the things that are motivating you as a person every day? Like, what are the, what are the fears? What are the prejudices? What are the, what are the resentments? What's the anger? Like, that's the great unveiling right now is everybody's being confronted with themselves. And you can't run from it because you literally can't leave. <laughs> you're, you're stuck. <laughs> so that to me, uh, I think has been one of the, the hardest things and also kind of a consolation in it right now is I've, when this whole quarantine thing started, I felt like God was saying, okay, look, there's stuff that I want to, that I've been trying to get through to you and in lovingly like wanting to deal with in you. And, um, you know, not saying that God wanted this to happen. That's not, that's not it at all. It's more so saying like, this is happening. And so I'm going to use this time. I'm going to redeem this time. Yeah. Oh, Matt, thank you for sharing. This is great. I love talking with you, um, sharing your perspective and, and being honest about this and, and also explaining some stuff that I think is really helpful. And thanks for having the songs you know, a, a nice fresh version of Lord, I need you and run to the father and all of these songs, people may or may not realize that you were in on the process of writing. So love the new project. Definitely encouraging people to put that on stream in your quarantine playlist. Thank you so much. Uh, so thanks for chatting today. And Thank you. You stay well, keep writing yeah. with your kids and punching that punching bag. All right. I will <laughs> take care, Matt. See ya. All the best. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Big thanks to Matt Marr for talking with me on this episode of the Praise and Worship podcast. His album, all of the volumes, those bundles, the whole thing is out. And definitely take an extra look at that artwork. It's amazing how it all came together. I also want to invite you to join me Sunday mornings. That's when I share my praise and worship playlist on WJTL 6 until 10 Eastern. Listen locally at FM 90.3. You can also stream us at WJTL.com or listen on the free WJTL app. And I'd love to connect with you and hear from you on social media. Search WJTL Praise and Worship so you can friend and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for joining me on the Praise and Worship podcast.